This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're talking about the greatest. Muhammad Ali passed away over the weekend, and we sat down with former Bates track star Al Harvey, who attended the legendary Ali Liston fight in Lewiston more than 50 years ago. We also talked with Bates squash head coach Pat Kosker about Bates male athlete of the year Ahmed Abdelkalik, and we chat with women's lacrosse head coach Brett Allen about Bates female athlete of the year Hannah Jeffrey. That's coming up on this episode of the Bates Bobcast. Muhammad Ali, who will be forever known as the greatest, passed away Friday night at the age of 74 after a long struggle with Parkinson's disease. Ali's connection to Bates? In 1965, the heavyweight champ came to Lewiston to defend his title against Charles Sonny Liston. It was one of the most controversial fights in boxing history, with Ali knocking out Liston in the first round on what has been called the Phantom Punch. A number of Bates students attended the fight, including track star Al Harvey. Harvey, who had a final exam the next day, was hired by United Press International to run film for the event. He never got his chance with the fight ending in the first round. Harvey joined the Bobcast to share his recollections of the evening. When did you first hear that Ali was coming to Lewiston, and what did you know about him beforehand? Well, we always knew of him as Cassius Clay, and we couldn't believe it. It was about two weeks before the fight, and... One week before the fight, Art Griffiths was the sports information director, and he'd called me over. He had some photos of me hurdling, and literally while I was sitting there, the phone rang, and he covered the mouthpiece and said, Al, what are you doing next Tuesday night? And I, I don't know. He said, well, it's UPI, and we they need eight runners for the photographers, so $20 a piece. I didn't make that much in comments. So I ran right over to track practice, and my brother Keith, class 67, was there, and Asked him, and I got uh, six other uh, runners. And uh, we had a chance to go up to Poland Spring and watch uh, Liston train. My God, I didn't think anybody could beat him. He was a bear, literally. And I got to shake hands with Joe Lewis. And Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, was at the Holiday Inn in Auburn, which is now the Fireside Inn. And then we got to go to the fight. And amazing thing was... You know, all the Bates students that used ruses to get in. Peter Heil, a class of my, mate of mine, walked up to the front door with a typewriter and assistant. I'm from University Press. you got to let us in. They not only let him in, they set him a special table ringside right next to Ali's mom and sister. Uh, another student grabbed a white coat and a med kit and walked in. Others, we had white coats in the dining room, so they got potato chips and all that and got in and... Uh, it was amazing. Uh, the beginning of the fight, because Howard Cosell, a notorious uh, announcer, was there, and but in the ring they had you know Floyd Patterson, yeah. uh, George Chavales, the Canadian champ, Joe Lewis, and then of course uh, the famous uh, national anthem with Robert Goulet. He literally had something written on his hand, and uh, he said by the dawn's early night instead of light and that followed him everywhere but he was hammered there was no question he was shadow boxing all the champs word had it that he had a lot of relatives in lewis and hit all the social clubs there so uh you know it was uh 
one-time thing. I had a final the next morning. <laughs> Some of the uh, guys went to the party afterwards, but I had a final, so I couldn't go. But Peter Heil ran into the mother and, and daughter over there again, and Ali didn't drink, so he never went into the party. But he was on a balcony out back, and they went out, and pro he proclaimed, I am the greatest. And uh, it was just a memorable time. And then on the 50th anniversary, they produced a documentary called Raising Ali, Story of Lewiston. And my brother Keith were part of that. And John Jenkins, a Bates alum, former football player, sprinter, he's the only man, a person ever to be mayor of Lewiston and Auburn. So we're in that. In our 50th reunion last year, we showed that. We had quite a few people get up and tell stories. And uh, the president of this year's reunion asked us for the documentary. So Alumni Weekend, uh, they're going to have that. So if you look for the class of 66, you'll be able to uh, uh, see that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, Just a real quick question for you about almost seeing the fight but not really seeing the fight because you were screened, right? You were blocked. You were right by the ring, but you couldn't quite, quite see the famous punch that uh, may not have been a punch. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was in uh, Ali's corner yeah. and staring into Liston's eyes. I mean, I literally cringed. And, uh, of course, he was knocked down, I guess. It looked like a, just a braze to the head to me. And then uh, you're supposed to send Ali to neutral corner. I mean, he just stood over him. Yeah. And... They actually got up and started fighting again, but it's been documentary. There was a sports announcer from Boston that hollered to the referee. He was down, he's out, and they called the fight. I do want to recommend a, a great book, yeah. uh, The Phantom Punch mm -hmm. by Rob uh, Snedden. He's a writer for Downey's Magazine, and he was in town a month ago, and we got to uh, go s talk with him. The most unbelievable story. I can't believe the research he did, but anybody that's interested, you've got to got to read that book. Excellent. Um, as a college student, you know, yeah, you were a senior, but was the atmosphere almost overwhelming for you? Somewhat? It was. People were saying, "How can we go? It costs twenty-five dollars. You know, that's a lot of money then, and then fifty and a hundred. I don't. I know of uh, one person that bought a hundred-dollar ticket, and uh, he got there late. Yeah. Never saw a punch. Never saw a punch. Right? A lot of people that happened to, but yeah, it was great remembering that last year and then being in the documentary. I was called by the New York Times and Portland and Lewiston and so forth. So, And then the building, I know, is still standing today. It's been renovated a little bit, right? Yeah, it's now the Androscoggin Bank Colisee, owned by a good friend of mine. Back then, it was the uh, Central Maine uh, Youth Center. And it was St. Dominic's Arena associated with St. Dom's School. So it's, it's changed. They paved the driveway. And, but it's amazing. I talked to Jim Kano. He says, you wouldn't believe in the summertime people come in here. They're from Sweden. And, and they, this is where Liston and, and Ali fought this fight. So, you know, he, he did so much after, after you know, his, his uh, battle here with the fight for Parkinson's and you know, funeral coming up, but uh, really a great American hero. And I know at the time, though, the crowd was booing him. And so what was the, I mean, what was that like? Because you mentioned off air how you didn't really know about his political activism at the time personally, right? Yeah, I don't even remember that. Oh. They say that all the Bates students were hollering, fix, fix, and that's in the book. But mm. I didn't remember that. I was just so excited of seeing all the 
former champs, and uh, I don't really remember booing and yeah. cheering. I gotcha. And then, I mean, you knew him as Cassius Clay because he had just changed his name to Ali. Right. And um, what else did you know about him beforehand? Much at all? Well, of course, I knew he was the Olympic champion. Yeah. And being a, a track person, I'm, you know, it's a different sport. But, uh, you know, I, that's about all I knew of him. I knew he had fought before and lost the crown and came back. But they just needed a place for their video for TV. They didn't care where it was. Right. And Sam Michael here in Lewiston, whom I knew, uh, arranged it with Governor Reed. And all of a sudden, you know, we got to walk down the street and see a world championship fight. And it was kind of interesting because, like, obviously Lewiston has a long history. It was a booming town. It had some rough years. Now it's on the way back and whatnot. Did you see much change after the Ali fire? It was just kind of in and out, and that was it. Well, there was. Uh, this... Uh, movie Raising Ali, a Lewison story, actually documents mm -hmm. the changes because, I mean, I was told, we never went downtown when I was here. Lisbon Street was bars and ladies on the corner and all that sort of thing. And night before graduation, we went down with a large crowd and, and uh, but we never went down there. You know, I went to the hobby shop and I went to, down to uh, Luigi's, but we didn't go downtown. And the reformation with new restaurants and, and revitalization has been uh, wonderful. And the Somali community, which has come in, has really uh, uh, adapted really well. But change is always tough. Any other thoughts on being a Bates student and, witness, and being essentially a witness to one of the most famous events in American sports history? Well, just total surprise. I mean, to literally be sitting with Art Griffith when the phone rang, and all of a sudden, like, you know, I probably ran the fastest 200 yards I ever did to get over to the gym. And actually, my older brother was living in Lewis at the time. He was teaching here, and I forgot him. But, uh, you know, we never had to work. We were going to take the film back to the to the locker room there and never got to do that. So When did you realize how historic that the fight was? I mean, did you realize it would be this famous 50-plus years later? Yeah, I really did. I mean... Lewiston's always been a boxing town. I grew up in South Port. My barber was a boxer from Lewiston. And the L.A. Museum in town has a wonderful section on boxing in Lewiston. We used to go to the fights in Portland, but I've never been to a fight since the Ali fight. You know, I visited Louisville one time on an NEA convention, and that's what I thought about. This is where Muhammad Ali was from. You know, it's been 51 years now, and certainly one of the highlights of my life. Seniors Hannah Jeffrey and Ahmed Abdel Kalik were named the 2016 Female and Male Athletes of the Year as the Bates Athletic Department presented its end-of-the-year awards at the first Senior Athlete Recognition Ceremony in Alumni Gymnasium. Jeffrey followed that up by being named the Division III Goalkeeper of the Year for the second straight year by the Intercollegiate Women's Lacrosse Coaches Association. We caught up with head coach Brett Allen to talk about Jeffrey's outstanding career at Bates. Hannah was one of those kids who reached out to us, like a lot of kids in high school do who are interested in playing in college. And uh, she had been um, an ice hockey player as well um, in high school, and so she was initially interested in pursuing that. But um, she's not the uh, the biggest of athletes, um, and so I think once it became aware that she wasn't going to pursue hockey in college, she started focusing on lacrosse. Um, and we got lucky because that was kind of a late decision for her, and so. When she started playing club, uh, she couldn't play with her age group, and I happened to see her at a tournament where she was playing with kids who were a year younger than her. Um, and at the time, 
Um, nobody was really recruiting other kids in that age group. So I happened to go see her play. I was one of the few coaches, I think, that probably saw her. Um, she and I love to joke about it because she actually played terrible on the game I saw her. And I was thinking, oh, man, what are, what are we getting into here if this kid decides to come to Bates? Um, but uh, I ended up seeing her play as a high school senior after she had applied and been accepted and uh, was very, very pleased with what I saw and kind of was expecting that we'd be getting somebody uh, um, very special. And how did she grow as a player over her four years here? Because obviously the last two were ridiculously great, and so was her sophomore year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say all four years were fantastic. I think, you know, as expectations increase as you get older, um, the best athletes have to be able to continue to put in the work and sort of raise their level of play. And, you know, as a freshman, obviously, she was the only goalie on our roster, so she played all the time. Um, but she didn't really have any expectations for what to expect and how well she should perform. And then uh, when she realized that she was very capable of doing well and when our team realized that they had somebody in the cage that was pretty solid, um, I think leading into her sophomore year, those expectations started to rise. Um, and that's, you know, when she had a kind of a breakout year, I guess, and was first team All-Conference and All-American. And then her last two years were certainly pretty fantastic as well. Yeah, and you mentioned her smaller stature, right? I mean, uh, sometimes the stereotype is goalies are bigger, so they can block more space. But she is smaller, so um, is that an advantage or disadvantage? And how, do, how did she adjust to that kind of to play goalkeeper? Well, I think, you know, playing goal in any sport, a lot of uh, – a lot of what you rely on is is quick hands and quick feet. And, you know, you never really can predict exactly where the shot's going to be going that you have to save. And so uh, whether you're big, whether you're small, whether you're um, somebody who takes up more space in cage or not because of that height um, or, I guess, lack of height, you know, if you're quick and you see the ball well, because um, it doesn't matter if you're tall or short, if you have eyeballs, um, you know, you're you're going to be able to make hopefully a quick read and, and get your body where the ball is. I know for the Bates male and female athletes of the year, coaches who nominate their players, like made speeches in front of the other coaches, uh, you know, emphasizing why, you know, their candidate should, you know, be chosen. Uh, what, what was your speech like? What were some points you emphasized about Hannah? Well, I think, you know, the thing with, a, I guess, an institutional award like that, there's always going to be four or five kids, um, probably on both the male and the female side, that are deserving of the award. And so um, I guess what I tried to emphasize was how her numbers comparatively, um, from a statistical perspective, have been as good or better than basically any goalie that's been playing in the country since, um, you know, since she's been at Bates. Uh, you know, I think it's really hard to compare kids from one sport to the other because they're all fantastic and they all do so much and accomplish a lot. So I actually tried to make it more about how she compared to other kids who play lacrosse in Division Three, because I think once um, once people are aware of that, then it's kind of hard to argue that she shouldn't you know, receive a lot of consideration for an award like that. I know you weren't able to go to the actual award ceremony because you were out recruiting, but I know the associate head coach and your wife, Heidi, was able to present the award. What was that moment like for her? What she said to you about it? It's a really special moment. I was a little bummed that I was gone for the ceremony, but, um, you know, when Heidi and I talked about certain things that we should emphasize, uh, it basically was a culmination of everything she's accomplished. Uh, you know, she led the country this year in save percentage, which is, you know, 
There's probably about 300 goalies in the country that qualify, and she had over a 58% save percentage, which is unbelievably high considering how close the shots are taken to, to goalies and women's lacrosse. Um, you know, she was a three-time first conference or first-team all-conference selection, you know, national goalie of the year last year. And then at the time, we didn't know she would be selected as this year's goalie of the year, but she was. Um, and, you know, I think certainly it helped this year that she backboned a defense that was, you know, the lowest in the conference as far as goals against average and, and sort of spearheaded our run to – to, to a bit into the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I think it was just emphasizing all those things that she did and helped our team accomplish, um, you know, which is why we really felt she was deserving of the award. And obviously this year she was not the only goalie on the roster. You had a younger goalie who got to learn from her. So what do you think that was like? Well, I think it's great. You know, recruiting goalies is so tricky um, in sports that require them because only one goalie can play. So you don't really want to have more than two or three on your roster because, you know, only one's going to play and that makes it hard for the other two to be really committed and engaged and you know I think Eliza who will be a sophomore next year understood that very well coming in um, you know we feel very confident that she's going to be able to step in and, and perform very well uh, you know I don't think it's realistic for you know any program in the country that loses a two-time national player of the year in the goalie position to expect their replacement will be um, at the same level but we feel really good about both of our goalies this year, or felt really good about both of them this year, and, and are excited for Eliza to have that opportunity to, to prove that she can uh, be a very uh, a solid replacement for Hannah. Sure, absolutely. Is any other thoughts on Hannah's career here at Bates and the legacy she, she leaves for the women's lacrosse program? Well, I think, you know, the one thing I didn't mention earlier, you kind of asked about what made Hannah special. She had the ability to... Uh, sort of just move on really quickly to whatever the next play was. So for a goalie, that's important because in the sport of lacrosse, you're going to get scored on. And if you dwell on the goals that you've already let up, it's probably going to impact the future shots you're going to see. And Hannah did just a great job of taking it one play at a time and not letting previous um, good or bad plays affect the next play. And so I hope that all of our returners, whether they're a goalie or not, recognize how important that is because uh, I think it certainly helped Hannah perform well and in turn helped our team have a good year. All right, great. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Abdel Kalik's list of accolades is long and impressive. The two-time national champion finished his squash career at Bates with an 89-2 record and was a four-time NESCAC player of the year. Head coach Pat Kosker looks back at the awards ceremony and Ahmed's graduation from Bates. His father flew from, from Cairo to, uh, to watch him graduate and to watch him on Saturday afternoon uh, received that award and so um, so that was really cool as a coach to, to watch it all come full circle um, and to have his 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 closest family here um, it was really cool I'd never met his father before and so to meet his father uh, 12 hours before Ahmed graduates and, and all the things that we've been through um, was really special and, and that's what I'll remember you know yeah, and then obviously take us back to when you were first recruiting him. What was your initial impressions of him as a high school junior or senior or whatnot? Well, again, when Ahmed arrived in the States in his sophomore year of high school, um, he was a champion already. I mean, he, he never lost in high school. And so um, so he was highly touted, obviously, a blue chipper, five-star, whatever you want to call it. Um and so everybody was looking at him, and so but we did we did what we always do, and we we have the the kids come up and visit and meet the team and meet the coaches, and 
um, we hooked him up with Lynn Lewis from the econ department and um, he did just about everything that everyone else does when they visit um, he he struck me um, he's a little bit more loquacious and outgoing now than he was in high school and, and that's cool that's really great to see that he's matured and um, found his own personality and voice um, but his squash talent was undeniable then as it is now and um, I just yeah I, it's been great it's been a great five six years and uh obviously we mentioned that um you know he's graduated now but you know next year obviously Ahmed Hatata will still be here as a senior do you expect to maybe see Ahmed coming back at all to, uh, just to visit and whatnot sure I, he'll like I said he'll always be part of our program we 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 um we don't close doors on anyone um and Ahmed Hatata and, and Ahmed Abdulkalik are close and, and obviously Ahmed Hatata um, a big part of the reason why he chose Bates was because of Ahmed Abdulkalik and that's 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 a fact. And so um, I'd imagine that Hatata will look to, to Ahmed um, in those times of need, uh, whether he's there over the phone, over Skype, email, Facebook, whatever. Um, you know, we, we always try and keep the kids connected. Um, and Ahmed Hatata is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to him having his own voice and, and his own uh, personality. Uh, out of the shadow a little bit of Ahmed Abdulkalik, to be perfectly honest. Even though Hatata has had his own his own success, I think he's lost six or eight times in three years, and and that's astounding as it is. But but a lot of the attention and recognition has gone to Ahmed Abdulkalik, and rightly so. Right, and then obviously when you lose a singular player like this and whatnot from the program perspective, how's that change your perspective entering next year as a coach? It doesn't change at all. We we focus on the team. Um, we try as best we can to focus on the team. Obviously, having the, the best player in college squash over the past four years is, has been um, has been both a, a blessing and a curse in a way because a lot of the focus, as I said, has been on Ahmed Abdulkalik. But um, but we have some some other great players and and some kids that are really working hard and and want to win just as much as Ahmed has wanted to win. And and um, we've always been for the team and and about. Uh, Bates and and representing ourselves and our, our institution as best we could and um, and that won't change next year. Yeah, and for next year you have Ahmed Hatata, you have Darius Campbell, who's maybe one of the younger guys who really showed a lot of improvement this year. You expect a breakthrough year maybe from next year? Yeah, I think the well the the first years this past year the the rising sophomores, um, the Cannon twins, and then McLeod Abbott um, all get it now. You know, it's it's hard when you come in and and. Maybe the players are bigger, faster, stronger, and, and you're coming from junior squash or prep school squash where it's a little bit different and the focus is, is less maybe on the team. Um, they get it now, and I, I really expect that um, that those three boys will, will break through and have a real impact. I mean, they had an impact last year, but but um, but we'll need them to have an impact. I expect Anirudh Nambiar to, to really step up as a junior. He's our only junior. Um, He'll really step up in, in maybe a little bit of a, of a secondary captain type role. Um, and, uh, and our first year class is, is deep. We have four or five kids that are coming in that, that can play in the top nine or ten. Um, and that should be really cool to see. It'll be really interesting to, to see the competition between the, the, the returners and then the, the incoming first years that are chomping at the bit to, to take some spots. And, um, and that'll be really great. It's, it's always like this, but, um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, because 
as I said earlier, we focus on the team and these past four years, uh, not to, to discredit Ahmed, but we've, you know, we've had a lot of attention put on him. And so this will, we'll get back to, to, um, business as usual, a little bit more about the, the team and the collective Bobcats. Sure. And just last question, any other thoughts on, you know, I'm getting athlete of the year and his career in general. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love the boy. I mean, he's, he's given us so much. Um, I've said this a few times. He's given us more than we've given him. And I, I honestly believe that, um, he's thrust us into a, into, uh, the goal, the global, um, global notoriety and, and, um, fame and, and the, pictures and the articles and the, the trophies and it's it's been an, it's been amazing and and I thank him for all of that I really um, appreciate everything he's done for us and and for his teammates you know getting his teammates better and um, he's put in a lot of work off hours that a lot of people don't talk about or, or know or understand or see um, and that's the reason for his success his success um, yeah I, I just really look forward to seeing what he does next in life um, that's a big part of what we do and what my job is, is to, to help him, to enable him to, to do what he wants to do as a man after Bates. Um, his career speaks for itself. 91, win, 91 matches, 89 wins, two national championships, uh, two male athletes of the year, sophomore year and senior year, um, undefeated his last 66 matches of his, of his career. Uh, I don't think, I, I hope, that we have somebody like that in the future. I don't think that we ever will. Um, I'm not sad that he's gone. I'm happy for him that he's been able to do that um, and that it happened, right? Um, I tend to look forward and look look positively on, on things as opposed to retrospectively. And um, so I'm really happy and grateful, thankful, all of those words um, for what he's done for me and for us and for Bates and, and um, for the squash program. It's been it's been amazing four years. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll take a look at the year's best in Bates athletics. There's a lot to celebrate and look forward to in all 31 varsity sports for the 2016-2017 season and beyond. Talk to you again in a week on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates.